That's a completely different series of skill sets. And most humans that are listening to this probably are in that world, that private equity fund space. So it's a vast difference in what you're going to do with the property and what your intention is as to what you're going to buy it for. But the more skills you have, the more money you make. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. My name is Marco Kozlowski and I'm here with Francesco Galuccio and Gabriel Araish. And we are fresh out of Vegas. We just went to Vegas for three days, four days feels like a month we did a lot in a very short period of time <laughs> we did celebrated frank's birthday it was a lot of fun we uh connected as men and uh actually got a lot done and uh came just i think we really accomplished a lot while we were there just had a really great time it was it was a lot of fun really glad that we did that together and uh yeah so if you're just stumbling onto this podcast wandering aimlessly wondering you know what this is all about this is a podcast all about delivering a as much value to you as possible showing you how to buy cash flow correctly so you can a buy it correctly at the best possible price allowing you to make the most amount of cash flow in order to really take care of your family forever and create generational wealth at the same time specifically now as inflation is very high you're buying at today's dollar for tomorrow's extremely higher prices allowing you to even make more cash flow as things go up in value so and never using your own money of course because we're using asset-based lending so if you have not listened to the first 10 ep episodes please stop now stop it if you're still listening stop are you listening no go back to the first 10 episodes listen to those explains exactly what asset-based lending is so you don't need to use your own capital not because it's get rich quick because you're you're using skills instead of money just like the wealthy to never have to use your own money again just like we all have to build significant amount of wealth to take care of our family our loved ones and each other so and we teach this so please like it love it share it subscribe i know you're going to love every single episode and there's a lot of value here so today i believe we're going to discuss something that i thought maybe we had discussed and we're still scratching our head wondering if we really nailed this topic but it's it's around establishing the right value at the time of purchase with the seller so really making sure that we're both on the same page as to what something is worth because many sell based on a pro forma future value which i think we've discussed we never do mm -hmm. or a business model that is not necessarily something that we do do for example uh, i've seen assets that are for sale single family properties that have an airbnb in it and they're selling the business of airbnb which is a much higher value than the asset of the property itself and which is fine but you're paying a lot more for the property than the value as the business of airbnb and we're going to discuss all this so there's a lot of different I guess, financial structures and different values based on those financial structures. And of course, the objective is to buy it for the best possible amount so you can make the most amount of cash flow. So we have to be careful as to how we evaluate things so you're not caught in a trap or overpaying for something based on a belief that might actually bite you in the ass later. So let's tackle this topic. Who wants to begin? Well, we, I mean, I can start because I think we should maybe go back or go over the what's how do you establish value at the onset because there's always a process of you doing your own value establishing before you even get to the the point of a negotiation or discussing with the seller and that's kind of your your own apple to compare to their most probably bananas so we covered residential where 
and this, I think you, you mentioned the Airbnb, Marco. It's going to be, we'll, we'll find a relationship here where a house is going to be valued based on the comparable sales, the prior comparable sales. And that's going to be true for house, duplex, triplex for the most part, and four units as well. So if you're looking at that and there's an Airbnb model, for example, the reason the Airbnb model, Marco stipulated that it could have a higher valuation is because the seller is using economics to justify higher valuation or using numbers when that type of asset class, which is, you know, a house, a duplex, triplex, should be compared to prior sales. Based valuation would be on comparables, not on economics. So that's one of the disconnects. So you be careful not to make that mistake because that's how you take a bath. In terms of the, the Airbnb, I just wanted to make sure that that was clear for someone who maybe didn't listen to the prior podcast where we covered the arbitrage strategy, sorry, the Airbnb strategy specifically. As far as four units and above or five units and above, but we'll, we'll use it for four as well. We use the economic model where we'll look at the gross minus all the expenses, whatever's left is called net operating income. And you divide that by the cap rate, which we I think we've explained that in the past. Yeah. Also to note, I remember Sam, who was in the UK at the time that's now in Australia, came across a five or six unit where they were airbnb each of the units and using the Airbnb value versus the actual rental market value for the asset. So again, making sure that whatever is there is repeatable and in worst case scenario is going to be the value that you're the least amount of value that you can find for the asset as the buyer. Before the podcast started, you were saying, you know, we don't buy like we sell, we don't sell like we buy. And it's 100% true. We want to buy for the best possible value. So we have a lot of exits. So if we do want to do Airbnb, we make even more money because we bought it right. Or if you want to turn it into some other boarding house house, or rooming house or, you know, whatever, whatever exit that you want. Or because of the value of the land, it's actually better to scrape the land and develop it. You know, that happens as well. It's worth a lot more. It's worth different things to different business models. And the question you really have to ask yourself is, what's the cheapest business model that I can use to buy it? Then you have more exits in order to make the most amount of money, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So So that's the point I want to add to that. Yeah. And that makes sense. So just, you know, buy it as a rental and you turn it into an Airbnb because if you're buying especially a six unit and that's that's rented this way that's like it turns it to like a small motel right when you think about it the six unit that's done this way and the question is not just is the value justifiable but is the actual business model sustainable because if it's not sustainable then again that's where you take a bath and that's probably a big bath so to go back to the valuation, like I said, you, you take the gross value of the income, you remove all your expenses, you're left with what we call net operating income, and then you divide that by the cap rate for the area, and that gives you a valuation. Well, what, what about dollars per door? I know we've all heard this. Uh, even in Vegas, oh, we're buying this per door, or that per door, or dollars per key if you're in the hotel business, uh, or price per square foot. You know, All these things are thrown around. And Frank, I know you want to speak to that for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the dollar per keys, yeah, they're looking at a one economic value on similar asset classes. And it's still from a comparable versus, it's actually a comparable on the economic side, on the revenue side, they get the doors, I mean, the dollar per keys or dollar per doors. And a lot of them are just used to doing that. I just wanted to touch back, back what you said, Gabe, on the best use. I, I noticed on a lot of appraisals 
And by the way, I'm not taking a bath. I'm wearing my robe that these boys got me for my birthday. I just so in case someone's watching this podcast and saying, why in the hell fuck is Frank wearing a bathrobe? <laughs> a, a Versace uh, bathrobe Hugh, Hugh, uh, on a podcast. It's, it's Hugh, uh, Hugh Galuccio. <laughs> Hugh Galuccio. Yeah. Hugh, Hugh Galuccio. That's my nickname now. But uh, yeah, these guys were very generous uh, with me in Vegas for my 50th. So I do appreciate them. But going back to some of the appraisals that I got back, they have they even have a best a best mm-hmm. use. So they'll even look at is that property best use as a, a long term rental, an Airbnb, or maybe a rooming house, like Marco would say, or maybe it's better to scrape the land and and resurrect something else on there. So I just wanted to add on that they do look at that, especially appraisals and lenders, because they go, well, is this the best asset class on this land to maximize profits? So going back to the price per door, it's just a in the realtor world, that's a common thing because that's what they look at. They look, okay, this property sold for X amount. Let's divide it up into the amount of doors or square footage, which is most common. But if you're looking at it from a economic or a revenue side of it, it may not make sense. Some people will buy a property that doesn't appreciate or it's low in value, but the revenue is high. So in places like, you know, in the, uh, I guess, Northeast or whatever, if you buy something in Ohio, they may not appreciate as much as other properties in other parts of the country. Uh, but people are okay with that. They'll buy for whatever two hundred thousand, and you know the, the appreciation rate is you know point zero zero one, which is fine with them. But from an economic standpoint, the value is worth a lot more than the because of, so, because of the cash flow. Because of the cash flow from a revenue yeah, it has perspective, to be, I mean, the price per door just um, doesn't make any sense because no two doors look alike. You know, inside, inside the doors that is. So you can have two identical buildings from the outside, both six units. If the left one is completely renovated and it's it's, it's beautiful, just perfect, yeah. it's an A, a, condi- a plus yeah. condition, and then a plus, yeah. and then the right one, the right building is in like C condition, basically original from the whatever, whenever it was built, let's call it 1970. There's still six doors each, so if you're using price per door, then is it really fair? So or, and location, what and the rental market is, you know, it's yeah, price per yeah. square foot, all that, all that stuff, yeah. It's so. But even what you said before on one of the students where, where he had, we couldn't figure out why rents for this particular property were so much higher. Then we figured that out. Wait a second. He's not just renting a three unit or whatever it was. He was renting a three unit that was fully furnished. So now that's a business model that generates more money versus renting out three rooms that are completely empty. And, you know, they got to bring their mattress and they got to bring their, their dresser and their TV. So even that model, having the same three units or four units or five, whatever it is, you furnish it, you're adding value. Now you're going from an economic scale where I'm making more money. So making more money, if someone's looking at the property from a revenue perspective, it's going to be, that property is going to be worth more, even though it's It's five doors. It's going to be worth more to the person that wants to buy that business model. Yes. Right? Yes. I presume if you're an investor, you're buying an ROI, a return on investment. So well, what you, if I have gonna, a hotel and I have a, a we've seen this deal come across our, our pipeline many times. It's a 22 room hotel, but it's, it's rented by the hour, only by the hour. So people come in for two hour minimums and they charge 60 bucks for, or 50 bucks for two hours. And they turn that room 10 times a day, right? Or five, eight times a day. I don't think, I think my math is wrong there, but multiple times a day. So they're actually getting two, three, four hundred dollars a day for this asset that is not necessarily a sustainable model for someone that isn't that's not there every day. And I think that's we right. know why there's a two hour model there if you put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. No, for the executives when they take a red eye yes, and yes. they just want to sleep <laughs> for a few hours. There's there's a place up the street from where I live that, that actually we were going to buy and getting an asset based lender to wrap their head around that model was very is very difficult 
on the refi side. So we had the cash available to buy it, but how do we get out of the, how do we exit? Because we're looking at our exit strategies as well. And this thing was like AIDS. No one wanted to touch it because if that is no longer passed or if they, they piss off the wrong person and they change the zoning, which they can do and say it's no longer going to be possible to rent other than nightly. There has to be someone that stays the night. There are areas where you, that's just how it is. Now in Japan, the hourly model is common. If you've ever been to Asia, it's very, very common. It's not always used as a brothel, but again, the, the person that owns it is not the pimp necessarily. There are strict rules and you know the guy was extremely strict and it was a very well-run operation. Very, very well-run, extremely, like I was impressed just by the business model itself, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of, I guess, ownership involvement for that to happen. And he wasn't so, included in the purchase, so. Right, so, you know, the returns were like 40%, which is insane, but after you deduct who's going to manage it as well as the owner, very few people, and, you know, it's cash intensive, that walks away, so there's a lot of little things, and again, it makes a lot of money, but because it can't necessarily scale, it's not worth the same to us as the buyer as it is to the owner itself. So there's a value differentiator, or, exactly, thank you, that basically we have to first get on yeah. the same page as to what the value is, where we can then have a conversation around what the purchase price is going to be. Because if I believe that my property is worth 900, you know, 9 million, but using what it should be used as and not changing whatever the business model is, 2 million, I'm not buying it for nine, I'm buying it for well under two. Mm -hmm. And we have to have that conversation first before we even start the conversation. So I think getting on the same page as far as value goes, we were just having conversations prior to this podcast, which initiated us to talk about this now, is that's a conversation you have to have up front before you waste anyone's time, or yours specifically, because you don't have a lot of time left on this planet. If you look at how long the planet has been around versus how much time we have on this earth, it's a blip, it's a heartbeat, it's nothing. So you, have, you can't squander the time or you know someone else's by working on something that's never going to get you anywhere. So to recap the, the the value process, so anything that's under five units is going to be a comparable analysis. So if you're getting a, a seller who's selling you a, a three unit and using an income model to sell it to you, just you know understand that that's that's how they try and get top dollar, and you want to use the comparables in order to make the right valuation. And anything over a five unit, you're using the income approach. I was going to add, or a package so of single families. I wanted to, I, where they, I, yeah. you, you want to go I've ahead? I've seen that a lot, right? Where here's, you know, there's a, I saw a package, I think it was 86 single family houses. The value is, you know, this huge number. It makes X, Y, Z. Here's the net number. And this is a steal. Everyone gets all excited over it. And they're using the income approach, which is what you just said, versus, well, what are the comparables? They're selling this for three times more than each property is worth. These are not best areas. And if I had to sell, if I have to exit quickly, which is why we wanna buy it right. So if you buy it at 30% off every single time, it's going to be worth at least double within the next few years just because of inflation alone, not even raising rents. At the rate inflation is going, you're leveraging debt, real estate debt, not your own debt. You don't have to personally guarantee any of these things. And it's an asset-based loan, not a credit-based loan. Doesn't matter what your credit is. So if you're buying it at you know with 30% equity, that equity is all yours as the it appreciates plus whatever the income is, but that's not based on the value. Now you, if you need to sell because you need quick cash, you put it on the market, it's gone, and you still made a shit ton of money. 
So you're always positioning to buy it where you can exit quickly. But if you buy it for double its value because of the income, which I think the first or the second day of the three day, I share a story of a couple from uh, Singapore that bought this property at a 10% return and they were thrilled with it until they realized that the person that sold it to them bought it for 15 and sold it to them for 80 and they're never, and it's worth maybe 40, they're going to have to wait 10 years before they actually break even because of if they ever want to sell it. So anyway, that's a sucker because I can Unless buy the house next door for, for or the triplex the same next door that's for, for sale for 50000 for 30000 and make the same amount of cash yeah. flow and only have $30,000 involved. So my returns are going to be massive. Now, I was going to mention the same thing, so I'm not going to repeat what you just said on the single family portfolio. But okay, let's take it. Uh, i just curious now on your thoughts, gentlemen. So if you have uh, something that's four and under, and the business model is Airbnb, would you be conservative and say, you know what, am I buying the Airbnb model or I'm going to look at this four oh, unit four and unit. see so what you should the use a long-termer yeah. or market rents are and I'm going to base it on okay. that. So the income instead. approach, yeah. Oh, Actually, sorry, not four, not four. Five, five units, five <laughs> units. Forgive me, forgive me. Five units, <laughs> we have five units. So I stack. So the income approach. If I see that they're underperforming, if I already have an Airbnb business or I understand and I'm educated so I have more skill sets, Right, so if I have little skill sets, I'll buy it for the best common deno lowest common denominator, and I won't get every deal that comes across my desk. Period, because my skill set is this is what I should buy it for. Here's the safe zone. I don't want to get fucked, so I got to buy it for the cheapest price. Then there's the more skilled in human that sees that they're actually underperforming based on the Airbnb model. That there's some optimization that can happen, and if they bought it even at full price, they can increase the revenue significantly. And because I understand the business. I'll still negotiate, but I won't be as aggressive as the beginner. Now, if I'm super, super skilled and I see actually, if I buy this, raise it to the ground, I can build a, a superstructure. I can, because of the land that's there, I can create this, you know, this monstrous high rise because of the location and I already know it's zoned. Then it's worth even more money. It could be worth millions and it's, they're only asking 300, but on paper, with comps, it's only worth maybe a hundred, right? So based on your skill sets and what you can do with the, the asset is really where you need to communicate. Now, if you're a builder and you're playing with gazillions of dollars and you're, you've been doing this a long time, just like what happened to us in Vegas is there's an asset that we have that I presented to a private equity fund that has billions under management and their, their position is we don't negotiate price because we don't care. If we save a million here, two million there. We already know what our margins are because that's in our PPM or, or what we're giving to our investors. They're happy with that return. And if we invest a lot of time negotiating, we're losing the opportunity that we need right now. So we're going to pay retail. They don't care because they already know if they pay retail, whatever the ask is based on what their, their, their formulas are. And if they're paying retail, they already know they're gonna make millions because they're changing the operation or they're improving the property in some way and still making millions. So they don't want to invest the manpower or the risk of losing the opportunity that's in front of them so they can actually deploy the cash that they have. So, and that's a completely different series of skill sets. And most humans that are listening to this probably are in that world, like private equity fund space, right? So it's, a vast difference in what you're going to do with the property and what your intention is as to what you're going to buy it for. But the more skills you have, the more money you make. Yeah, so actually we were just discussing this in Vegas with Gabe, with mm -hmm. my hotel where Gabe has a group that's aggressively looking for land, land development, and they want to build, I think, metal medical facilities or 
ALFs, assisted living facilities. And the hotel that I have has a big chunk of land, uh, has a good footprint of land compared to the brick and mortar building that's on it. It's making money, but then we were looking at it. Well, will it make more money if we demolish that and build a medical facility and, you know, take some money from the, from the sale and maybe a little piece of the equity, maybe as a passive investor, is that worth more than what it's generating now? Um, So it's definitely worth looking at different models. In Texas, there was a Uh, piece of property I bought really cheap. It could be worth more um, repurposed on on something else. There was oil in the area. You you need the skill set for that. The mineral rights. And actually make more on the mineral rights than I do on the property that I sold itself, right? Mm -hmm. The profit's higher. So you can sell a property and keep the mineral rights all the time. So there's a lot of things that you can do that most people don't even think of. And again, it comes down to skill sets. The more you learn, the more you earn. And the more skilled you are, not only do you not need any money, but your your playground is a lot higher. Just like Dr. David, who closed on a 600-bed, 338-unit assisted living facility, pulled out almost a six-figure check the day he bought it. And there, there are people on the ground now, and we're, we're trying to figure out, are we going to flip it for millions of dollars right away? That's profit, by the way. Millions of dollars in profit because we bought it for less than 500 grand. In fact, we bought it for less than 400 grand, but closer to 300 grand, which is bananas. And, you know, flip it to a private equity fund that will pay millions because that's what they do. They pay retail. They don't care. They don't care mm-hmm. what they, we bought it for. They don't care anything. This is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to buy it. And this is how much money we're going to make. It's a science, right? So it's, it's, again, different series of skills, different experience, different access to cash. You just learn more, earn more, you know, stretch yourself. Because you might think that you're actually, you know, playing with pennies, but you're actually playing with millions if you really know what you're doing without having to even worry about the pennies. It doesn't even matter. You were going to say something, Frank? I was. I, I don't know if it was you or someone else where they bought a piece of land off uh, Interstate 75, which is a main artery that cuts through, you know, the eastern part of the U.S. from north to south, where the land itself was, you know, fairly cheap and putting billboards up all along the i-75 and you get you know you get paid pretty a pretty penny for having a billboard there which is not even your billboard they build the billboard they pay the electricity and all that jazz so i was just getting back to repurposing the property or the land or the asset which makes sense because it was in the middle of nowhere to put houses up or or building yeah it'll look great but there's no, there's no infrastructure there so that's an a but maybe putting a billboard there or, or satellite mobile satellites up or whatever so yeah just thinking outside the box a little bit again you need that skill set and just that that thought process to say okay does it make sense doing it this way this way or you know leave it as raw land and just you know put in a tower up or billboards or whatever the case is or Or selling it to uh you know selling it to uh the hydro company maybe or to the to to the government if they want to if you know know, what you're doing or whatever you can make a lot of surface station yeah and the only difference between someone that makes You know, solar farm, uh, same thing. A month, or, and you know, someone that never will yeah. see a million dollars in their lifetime is skill set and application, and you just have to find the right human to um, to help you get there. Gabe, I feel like there's something that you wanted to add to that. No, not yeah. at all. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, cool. So yeah, so learn more, earn more. That's the bottom line. Anything mm-hmm. can be, you know, you can buy anything for anything, but if you understand the value play and the the uh, the value ladder as to what it's worth now and how much it could be worth based on the different uses of the asset you can do a lot you can do a a whole lot you know so again it's the more you know the more you the more you rise 
So hopefully this was helpful. Appreciate you two gentlemen. And hopefully as a listener, you learned a lot and are inspired to learn more because the more you know, again, the more you're going to be able to uh, really take the, the information based on things that are selling. There's always opportunity. And the person that's selling, if they don't know what they could do with it, there's a huge upside that they're not aware of. You're obviously not going to share, necessarily share that, but you can buy it a lot cheaper than if you negotiate, if you understand how you have the skill sets to negotiate, you can really squeeze in some extra uh, capital and extra equity by really helping and serving the seller by learning how to communicate better, which is all we do all day long. That's what we do every day. So as a listener, thank you so much. Like it, love it, share it. This is something you really enjoyed. Please comment, give us a five-star review or four-star or whatever you want to do, but we're looking for 2,000 five-star reviews. I don't think you can do that 1,500 times, but we're looking for at least as many reviews as possible to get us to 2,000 as quickly as we can. So guys, thanks so much. I'm so excited. I can't even say thank you so much. Have a great day, guys, as a listener, and just write down a couple things, a couple ideas that uh, that you're excited about and apply those as quickly as possible because it's not listening that's going to make you wealthy. It's doing one thing every day. Build your wealth brick by brick and all it takes is just action every single day because a little bit every single day goes a long way, just like going to the gym. A little bit, long way, and that's what we want is your success. Thank you so much. Have a great day and we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye for now. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to GetDealsByTuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.